0: Love
1: Talk Radio. Hello there. So on January 24th, Thursday night at 7.30 p.m., we're going to be doing another live Ready to Unload with Callan Sampete from Blue Haven in New York City. So if you're in the New York City area that night at 7.30 p.m., come on down, hang out, grab a beer, grab something to eat, come in the back room, talk sports with us nice. We'll give you a microphone. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So go to www.bluehavennyc.com for details. Once again, that's Thursday, January 24th at 7.30 p.m. at Blue Haven. We'll see ya.
0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) We're tonight's entertainment. Take me to the volcano! It's really called this. You have to ask for the vinegar with the mother in it.
1: Oh, come on. Quickly. I need mean, no. Seriously.
0: Maybe bed bath and beyond. I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough time.
1: But uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here. Now, thank you. How are you? <laughs> Welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast, episode number 124. We are coming to you live from Bayside, New York, Comac, New York, and Manhattan, the center of it all. The city is so nice they named it twice, New York, New York. That's where PJ is. You are listening to the Ready to Unload Podcast, live on January the 10th, 2013. It is 9.30 p.m. It is Thursday night at this time. For and load with Cal and Sam P. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. We have a huge amount of things to talk about. We're going to talk about sports. Nice. No big whoop. So uh, let's get right to it because there is a lot to do. There's a lot. I feel like there's a lot. So without further ado, uh, the co host of the program, Cal. the guy who's got his first name, his name up first in the lights, in the title, he's battling a cold tonight. He's very. It's, it, this is going to be a gut check. It's Gut check time. He's battling. He's, he took a, He took some Tylenol from a bottle, and he's got toilet paper. <laughs> Here he is. Mister Brian Calniva Calpino Caliente. Hello, Brian. Hello, Steve. Welcome to episode uh, number one hundred and twenty fou.
2: That's
1: a lot. Three into the foe. That's
2: a lot of number. That's a lot of episodes to do.
1: How are you doing, buddy? What's up with the cold, dude? Gee, what Liz. happened?
2: This is this has been a rough a rough season for the colds.
1: Is there no one who's not sick? What did I just? Why did it? Why was there a? Is there no workhouses? Who am, am I, Alistair Crowley? What happened there?
2: Everybody's sick.
1: Is everyone not well? Who amongst you has been non-fevered?
2: What? How are you? How are you? I'm fine. You, you sound fine.
1: Uh, you know, we we're getting past the infirmary stage here Good. at uh, at the TB ward. Um, no, everybody uh, in America has the flu. It's an apparently. epidemic, is what they're saying. How does it become a pandemic? Uh,
2: I don't know.
1: When does you know who might know the answer to that question? We I should, know
2: I know who will absolutely know the answer
1: yeah, to that question. we we should we should definitely bring him in. We should bring him in now. This is, there's no better time. Than the present That's right The third man in Five for fighting The bishop Pop culture PJ Working tonight in the city Hi Peach I
0: want to show you <laughs> Tell the people what I have in my hand
2: That's, that's two pizzas that right. you have in your hand <laughs> Two pizzas Maybe Is there a deal? I got two pizzas That's a piece of pizza, pizza
1: that's, uh, BJ uh, is on uh, the Uvu. We got the Uvu working tonight, so we're able to see each other. Uh, usually, Cal and I just are doing the FaceTime thing, so we can see each other. The, the Bishop is in. Bish, uh, did you eat those pizzas? Can you give us a pizza I ha- update?
0: I had a slice of each. Well, there are two boots, which, you, as we know, is my favorite pizza. Two, two boots is good pizza. It's good stuff. It's, it's, the, it's the confluence of... Louisiana with Italy, the two boots. Right. And uh, I'm just, you know, I'm very happy, and I bought really, two pies.
1: Wait, is that really, is that for real? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Louisiana's the boot, well, and I, Italy, of course, is the more famous boot.
1: I did not know that. Didn't and know. it's
0: bio. That's why they have something called the Bayou Beast, which is what I ordered tonight. It, it comes the, in two? The,
2: is that is it that much of a beast? They break it into two boxes? No, well, I have a problem.
0: You may not yeah. know this. Um, I bought the uh, the Bayou Beast, which has got the crawfish on it, and I also bought one called the Bird.
1: Um, uh, crawfish pizza? They're gonna come and <laughs> take your card away. What is? No, that? no, no. I was
0: I was never that kind of Italian. Never. That's true. I was always very open to the interpretation, especially of pizza. And I that was probably the first one in my family who ever had veggie lasagna.
1: Well, that was that a necessity though, right? Where are those people now, by the way, who didn't have the veggie lasagna?
0: They're uh,
1: they're they're resting.
0: That's right, peacefully.
1: What was the other pizza? The the monstrosity. The uh, the. It's called
0: the the bird.
1: The onion. Um,
0: the bird. It, uh, yeah, as in uh, uh, the. Uh, not not like giving you the bird, but it's uh, um, uh, <laughs> to flip the, you off. No, the jazz musician whose name now suddenly escapes me.
1: The Charlie bird. Parker, Thank Parker.
0: you for goodness sake. Yes, it's the Charlie Parker.
1: Um, Who's the pop culture guy here, huh, buddy?
0: <sighs> well, you that's, know what? When my that's, that's, when my that's, that's, sodium <laughs> is this high, my memory goes. I can tell you.
1: Charlie Parker. That's why but, I don't have the uh, flu, uh, by the way. The blood pressure keeps the flu away. I don't know if you knew that. A nice side bonus there.
0: It's little side I have no kidneys, but you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Parker's is not exactly what I would call pop culture either. By the way. Oh, fine. I I, I just finished breaking my arm, patting myself on the back for out pop culturing you when I'm referring to pop culture from 1947. Fine. Listen, so, job. Uh, everybody. I, know,
0: I don't think that I, you know, know I know. I know we don't have a lot of really time. Right. I know we're on the move. Um, just wanted we to all- let you know. Where where. Uh, we're, we're going to go over a few things that are uh, 20 years old now um, that are going to uh, make your eyebrows go up and down. Um, by the way, my daughter still calls them eyebrows, not eyebrows.
1: That's ridiculously adorable.
0: Still can't break her of that. That's good Don't news. I like my eyebrows.
2: They're not because, eyebrows. Uh, I haven't felt old yet today, so I'm looking forward to that. Okay. Because things that are 20 years Some old. Some things also- that are...
0: Some things that are twenty years old, because I was looking at a "this day in history" kind of thing.
2: Oh, okay. Are we doing that in the fun load? Is that
1: what we're doing in the fun load?
0: No, it's just something I could bring up here and there when you guys uh, need a break or whatever. It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, But one thing I did see. What are we using? Yeah. (laughs) That's all been negotiated. One thing I did see, though, this today in sports history in 1995. NHL owners rejected the players' unrestricted restricted free agency proposal. Yeah. And I thought that that
1: was interesting, that it was some an anniversary things, event. Some things never change. See? See what I did for We're going to talk about the NHL later. We're going to talk about uh, – we have a huge, uh, big unload that we're going to get to in just a second. Guys, though, you're looking at me. The beard. Anybody? Nobody? Nobody with a snark or a wise-ass comment? Would, no. Is that,
0: what, I prefer is that what we're doing here? All San <laughs> Pietro men except
2: your father with the beard. Right. Cal? Yeah, I I had noticed. I didn't know if it was like the elephant in the room. Were we not to talk about it?
1: <laughs> yeah, my beard is the elephant in the room.
2: What uh, What is that beard? I, is, that's not a lockout beard, I would presume.
1: It is. It is a hockey lockout beard. It is. That I was growing until the first game of the season.
2: Oh, oh, see, now the players that had the, the lockout beard have already shaved their beards because the lockout is over. Well, I don't practice well, with the right team. Sure. That's true. <laughs> when I see hockey on Saturday,
1: January 19th, the beard will come off, probably between the first and second period of the Islanders-Devils game. Before they drop the puck? That's right.
2: I went the other way. I did the, I did the, the whole thing. That's fine. It's, I, I commend it.
1: Yeah, this is my anti-NHL hockey playoff beard.
2: I, you know, I almost wish that the lockout extended a little bit longer because that beard is coming in nicely.
1: <laughs> it's a ridiculous situation. I haven't grown it out to this length in some time, and I'm getting the, like I was saying to you guys before, I'm getting the, uh, really, we're doing this with the beard? Like, from the, from, from my wife, I'm getting the, seriously, like, how long are we going to go? What do you think? Uh, how long are we going to keep this up? The charade, you know? <laughs> I uh, got to say,
0: for you... I think the beard actually makes you look uh, younger. You look like early thirties, Steve, instead of uh, late uh, mid thirties, Steve.
1: <laughs> you just went Hedwig in the Angry Inch. There, I was in my early to late thirties. That was on purpose. Um, yeah, I've I've uh, I've heard all sorts of things with the beard. I, I will say this: I, I wanted to explain it because we can't just pop up on the video here and I look like Grizzly Adams for no reason. You look very handsome, I have to say. I did, thank you. Hair suit? It's groomed. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, I have to do the neck. You're beard. not a slob about I don't, it. It's, it's I nice. Don't like you have good, the neck clean beard. lines. Don't like the neck beard. Yeah, well, that's unacceptable. It's just disgusting. I'm not. I only have four tattoos, and I don't live in Williamsburg anymore. I can't do the neck. I don't have an ironic Schwinn. I can't. I can't do it. Oh,
2: uh,
1: you know. All right, uh, let's get to the big unload. We're going to do a ton of sports. We got the the big unload. Right. got <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Paige, last thing. What's pandemic? How does an epidemic become a pandemic? Here's
0: a pandemic for you.
1: <laughs> I got your pandemic. <laughs> okay.
0: I have. There's a new. We're going to do. We're going to do. A, try a new thing. Uh, right. just at just the spot, end of the show, fish you, you,
1: pizza. That's
0: it. No. At the end of the show. You usually th- throw me for the uh, the final unload. Yes. Uh, the final unload for PJ is now going to turn into uh, PJ's music pick of the week. Ooh. I will be recommending
2: a can't miss but very strange album week <laughs> by week.
1: That's fantastic. You know,
2: it's, it. well, it's funny that he mentions that because I had always envisioned a segment on the show where PJ is kind of like the iTunes genie.
0: Sure.
2: <laughs> you know, like, if you like this, then you'll like this. And, like, you throw PJ a band or a song that you like, and he'll give you something similar. That's right. If you if right. you like this, PJ
1: says, check out this.
2: Right, it's PJ with his thumbs up, like, yay. <laughs> I'm that across my arms like this.
1: Okay. Right. It's PJ it's like PJ's like a little like the algorithm for Pandora, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit I am. He's but like, how, about he's, PJ. how
2: about pandemic? Peach. That's that's <laughs> what is that's what it's called. Oh, it's called pandemic. A
1: cool. pandemic
0: is an epidemic that crosses borders.
1: So like county borders, could it go from Nassau to Suffolk County? Then it's a pandemic. It could go
0: from Barnes and Noble to borders. Is what I'm saying. <laughs>
1: right. Oh, that's the, one of the worst jokes you've ever put together. It's a terrible when, when did my dad get here? What, what, what happened to you? Wow. That's bad. I'm going to do the uh, Blue Haven Reed. That's a song called "When I'm With You." It's going to be on the soundtrack to the movie "Fat," the film by our buddy Mark Finney. Go to uh, search "Fat the Movie" on Facebook, and you can like that movie. There's a teaser trailer out for it, Cal.
2: I haven't seen it yet.
1: Finney dropped dropped a teaser trailer.
2: Actually,
1: yeah. Um, so listen, the sponsor for today tonight's episode of Ready to Unload with Cal and Stampede is Blue Haven. Sports Bar in New York City, on the corner of Houston and Thompson in the Village. We'll be doing a live remote from there in two weeks. Go there. Check out the playoffs. They have great beers. They have great food. Cal, how do you feel about Blue Haven, in a word? Splendiferous. Magnificent. Your performance on Ready to Unho.
2: They know we're coming.
1: They do know we're coming. (laughs) Okay. I talked to Megan. I was there on Saturday night. I was there. No kidding. I went to see On the Road. Oof. We can talk about that later. Just wow, wow. Uh, and uh, we went to Blue Haven afterward. Uh, hung out with Dermot, uh, Rory, one of the other owners there. Congratulations to Rory. Had a baby boy on Monday. Oh, nice. uh, The folks at Blue Haven are great. Go down there, watch sports, eat food, drink beers a sports bar for grown-ups. Uh, it's a great place, www.bluehavennyc.com. The best part about Saturday Night, Cal, real quick, is that uh, I went in there and it was jammed. Like Matt and I, Matt and I got in there at uh, Saturday night. The movie was, we got in there like 9.30, uh-huh.
2: packed. Nice.
1: And Dear Mid sees me and he, <laughs> he, comes over, he, he comes all the way to the door. The minute I walk in the door, he saw me, comes over. That's how you get greeted at that place, nice. And he comes over and greets me, and he whispers in my ear, he goes, told you it was a sports bar. <laughs> Packed. Packed. <laughs> what, like, you doubted him? Right, I know. Well, that's what I said. I said, I didn't doubt you. He said, no, there's, you know, there's, but it was funny. He dropped it. We had a couple of beers there, nice. We hung out. Like adults, like men. Cool. We talked about how dreadful on the road was. huh? If you love that book. You, and you do. And I, I do. Um. It was, it was, (laughs) PJ posted on Facebook. I don't know if you caught that, Cal. PJ posted, he saw it in, what was it, Target, Page or Kmart or something. Uh, He saw it on the, Target, he saw it on the bookshelf. And they had put, like, the movie poster. Oh, jeez. On the cover, and it was, like, now a major motion picture.
2: So you had Kristen Stewart on the cover of On the Road?
1: Oh, just. I had a one-word Comment on PJ's Facebook picture. It was ew. <laughs> Just ew. That sums it up. She was oh boy. She tried. She Are, sure you, tri-
2: are you are you giving her credit for trying? I am. Okay. I,
1: I'm I'm. She was woefully miscast. The kid who played Sal Paradise was decent. Uh, pretty good. You know both the kids. The kid who played Dean Moriarty, good. Uh, look, I'm not gonna go Gene Shallot on you. This movie was a disaster.
2: You couldn't see it. Wait, did he have a list? I think he had a list. He did. But you couldn't tell because he had a big bushy mustache covering his mouth. Which I do as well right now. That's not new. That is not shallot. (laughs) On the road should be under (laughs) a (laughs) bus.
1: On the road, I want to get off the road. See what I did?
2: I did it. I'm Gene Shallot.
1: The man's dead, isn't he? He's not with us anymore? Is that correct? He's
2: not? I think you did this once before.
1: He's alive. Like We've done this seven times. I want to see Shallot produce him.
2: I don't believe you. He's very reclusive these days, so I can't produce him <laughs> on the road. Should be taken out of town.
1: Oof, okay. let's do this. Time for the big unknown. On the road I want to get off with this exit It's time for the fish on this Alright, look Here's the thing, Rye Here's the thing We've been doing this uh This Show this podcast for a long time. It started out as a radio show. It started out with the idea that we wanted to sort of be WFAN and be like a call in show and stuff. And it has evolved to where it is now, which is a, a podcast and into a really good place. And there's a bunch of reasons we started doing this show. Um, part of it, and, and a bunch of reasons we named it what we did. We talked about the name last week too. Um, and one of them was, or it will be perfectly illustrated by what we talk about in The Big Unload tonight because things happen in sports. We're passionate about things in sports for certain reasons. They're very difficult to put, a, put your finger on. They're very difficult to illuminate. They're very difficult to sort of even quantify like how, how big and passionate we are about certain things that really in the big scheme of things shouldn't mean very much, but they do. They do, and we, you and I have, since we were about eight, uh, talked about them and discussed them, and and this is what sports is about uh, on a certain level. So, the Hall of Fame voting for this year's uh, class for the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame uh, brings us to tonight's Big Unload, and it's been talked about a ton, and I don't care. I want to talk about it with you, and also with p j eventually too um, because it would good it would be good to get somebody who's not as passionate about the subject in on the conversation. I turn it over to you, Brian, because we've wanted to talk about this. we knew it was coming. we knew it was coming. we could see the sanctimony marching down Fifth avenue um, but it happened anyway. And sometimes in sports and following sports, there are things that are outside of the game that's played on the field that are worth conversation. And this is one of those times. So, I turn it over to you to start. I will ask that you frame it first. For me as you saw it. And then,
2: please. Ready? Oh, no. ready? Um, are you ready? Now. Are, 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 we, are, we, are we doing this now? Sure. Okay. okay. Here's the thing. <laughs> and I've been questioning this, I've been asking myself this question a lot the last couple of days. Because I'm, however old I am, What am I, 38 now? So for 38 years, they've been voting people into the Hall of Fame for one reason or another. And I've never gotten worked up about it. I've never been emotional, not emotional, but I've never really had a reaction to it either way. It was always, here are the people that are getting into the Hall of Fame this year. Oh, that's great. Congratulations to them. That was a good player. Oh, this guy got snubbed. He could have, we could make an argument for him. And then, and it, and then you move on. But it's always like in the middle of January, it's a nice little baseball thing that happens. But this year was different. And I'm trying to figure out what it is that makes it so different. And the first thing that comes up is the fact that Mike Piazza was up for the first time he was eligible for to be voted into the Hall of Fame for the first time this year. And I am, you know, one of the biggest Mets fans around. I have an irrational attachment to the Mets, uh, even at this stage of my life. And I don't know if that played a part in it. I'm sure it did. And I, and I think the conclusion that I came to was that it was, a, it was a confluence of things that happened this year. The second thing was that it also happened to be the first year of eligibility for Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, who were pretty much the poster boys for the steroid era, if not the two of them. But they, they, they were on the poster, let's put it that way. It's the big four.
1: It's Clemens, Maguire, Sosa, and Bonds.
2: Right. So they're up for nomination this year, and what that led to was a lot of strong feelings in support of. You're so and, delicate. Well, I'm, I'm trying to. <laughs> I am trying to do this.
1: I know. I appreciate that.
2: If this, I, I, not that I appreciate what you're trying to do. I do. All right, let's put it this way: if if we were recording this show at 2:01 yesterday, it'd be a little different. Yes. So I've I've had some hour, you know, 17 hours to or 31 hours to calm down,
1: and a couple of Chardonnays.
2: And a couple. <laughs> and some turkey. <laughs> for the tryptophan. You got to watch out for the tryptophan. It makes you sleepy, but it brings you down. It balances it nicely. So anyway. <laughs> Clemens, Bonds first time on the ballot, lots of differing opinions and strong opinions, not just casual, you know, you know, you bicker one, you know, back and forth with with somebody and then you move on. These are like really strong people were very strong in their convictions in either way. That's the second thing that happened this year. And then the third thing that happened this year, which has never happened before, were the preemptive strikes by the voters that you started seeing weeks ago. And what they did was they took this story, and it's a big story. This was a, this was a big deal that the, steroid, the players from the steroid era were now part of the conversation when talking about the Hall of Fame. It was real. We've talked about it for years what are we going to do in 2013 when all of these guys are on the ballot for the first time? What's going to happen? And and we've seen it coming, and it finally started coming in, back in December, as early as December, started seeing articles from guys. And it, what what I felt was that the writers kind of took it upon themselves to be the morality police. They felt that they given the power of voting who makes it into the Hall of Fame, became the judge and jury of an entire era of baseball. So you add all of those three things up and you come up with nobody, nobody received enough votes to get into the Hall of Fame. Nobody. Arguably, the greatest pitcher of all time. Arguably the greatest hitter of all time. Arguably. just You have to sell it to go. yeah. Arguably the greatest catcher of all time. And not one of those players, for whatever reason, did not receive enough votes to get into the Hall of Fame. So I ask you, Steve, What does this all mean? What happened here? Why? How did we get to this point? And is this point... I hate to use the phrase because it's turned into something different these days, but is this like ground zero for Hall of Fame voting? And, like, do things need to change dramatically? Where do we go from here?
1: Well... I think you have to, or what I'd like to do uh, going forward and talking about this with you is like parse this down into a couple of different pieces, okay? Because my outrage, uh, not outrage, outrage is maybe too strong a word, but it's close. <laughs> um, is and I know it's not too strong for you. Uh, it comes from uh, several different places, or there's several different pieces that that are here for me. One of the first ones is and this has happened you know, this happened a while back, and that is Mike Piazza being lumped into uh and, and, and coupled with known steroid users. Um so take I, I'd like to just eliminate the the question of bonds and Clemens and Sosa and McGuire. I'd like to eliminate that question for a minute. Okay, and talk about, first and foremost, talk about Piazza. Because I think he's part of, like, everything that was wrong with this voting process. In that, this was the first opportunity they had to put Bonds, who is the all-time home run leader and also holds the record for home runs in a single season. This was the, the, the opportunity who, whether you feel that those numbers are tainted or not. to to put him in the Hall of Fame, and Roger Clemens, arguably one of the greatest pitchers, easily one of the greatest pitchers of his era, into the Hall of Fame. I get that. This was their first opportunity to do that. But what is outrageous to me is lumping in someone, a player, from that era where there's no proof there's no evidence, there's no list, there's no uh, uh failed book. test, there's no failed test, and there's no book that outs him. There's nothing except innuendo and speculation, all of which, by the way, no one and I, I saw this written, and I totally agree, no one's been gutsy enough to bring up to him to his face, but because he had back acne. And he exists, and this is the other one, because of where he was drafted. Because he wasn't a high, he was a 60 second round pick and a favorite of Tommy Lasorda, etc., etc. It's impossible that he didn't do steroids. So the best offensive catcher of all time. And it's not close, by the way. It's not close. The three closest guys to him, Bench. Uh Mickey Cochran and I guess Fisk are not close. Uh does not get into the Hall of Fame on his first uh ballot entry, and it is a big deal. It is a big deal. Let me let and me he'll get in eventually. No, he's being made an example of for something he didn't do.
2: Right, because there is a connotation for first ballot Hall of Famers. They're the best of the best. Exactly.
1: Piazza, Piazza ran up into two problems here. And, and I freely admit it's because I'm a Met fan and I love Mike Piazza. Okay, I love him as a player. I want to see a Met who's the all-time greatest offensive catcher get into the Hall of Fame. And then they can smack us around when he
2: we wears the Dodgers hat.
1: But I, I wanted to see that. See, that's a big deal to me. If you get in on your first ballot, your first chance, they're saying
2: you're not just a Hall of Famer. There was no doubt
1: you're a Hall of Famer.
2: And his entire career, and in the years after his career, that was all the talk. There's no doubt he is a first ballot Hall of Famer. There's, there's, there, was there's, no, there was no question about it up until three or four months ago.
1: Right. And there's, there's, I understand that there's not levels. Oh, one guy's a first ballot, but this guy's a Hall of Famer ten years later. I understand the numbers don't change. That's fine. His numbers are not going to change. He should get in immediately but he's being made uh, an example of
2: and he shouldn't be let me ask you a question what do you what do you say to those who didn't vote him in because they feel he wasn't a complete player uh, that's just ridiculous that's just, I mean
1: that that any sort of excuse that honestly any sort of, the, the other uh, excuse i saw was you know the rosenthal theory or or the david oss, well, no david oss was because of and again, I don't want to name names. These writers all had their... They made themselves the story. Okay? Name them all. doesn't but, matter. Well, I, I just have a problem with some of their thinking, but I have a bigger problem with them making the story about themselves. Oh, it's not about me. It's not about me. Now go click on my link to my 7,000-word article about how I voted.
2: Right. And have at me. And have
1: at me. Well, it is about you.
2: You've You're making it about that. you.
1: So... But to say that, like Davidoff's is just off the wall. Like Davidoff decided that Mike Piazza's war wasn't good enough. I mean, that's just stupid,
2: right? So that's, that's stupid. That's, that's Davidoff. Adam Rubin decides I'm not voting for him this year. I'll vote for him next year.
1: Yeah, But I'm not num- voting because the years. numbers are going to change. Right. I mean, what, that was you, what, part of Rosenthal's. Was I don't vote for any guys from that era on their first ballot. Uh, well, uh, all right. Uh, hey, Ken, what about uh, Greg Maddox next year? Or what about Derek Jeter? Well, there's obviously exceptions. Really? There's exceptions for players who never tested positive, never were outed, weren't on any lists, and were the best at their position? Well, wouldn't you say there'd be one for Mike Piazza then? No, because he hit home runs? It's stupid.
2: But, but, if, but if, you, if you've noticed, they have all danced around... The words Mike Piazza and steroids. Of course. They have because never they said nothing. But but that's my point, is that they're using this to make him an example, and they have never even they've never even uttered those two things in the same sentence. Right.
1: It's all speculate Well, well could be because of suspicion. suspicion.
2: Suspicion of what? Of PED use. Of what they're not even saying that.
1: Cal Mad Dog said that.
2: Well, Russo did, but I'm I'm talking about the
1: writers. Russo tweeted that, and, and, you know, oh, it was always suspicion. And Russo's big defense was when Frank Thomas stood up and said these guys weren't taking uh, or or shouldn't be taking this stuff, Piazza didn't. Like, that's your big defense?
2: Is Russo Russo a
1: Hall of Fame voter? I think he is. Is he? Look, I don't know what it takes to be a Hall of Fame voter anymore, by the way. I guess all you need is a pulse. You know, and, and to have written a baseball article.
2: And you also need to sit on top of a high mountain looking down on everyone. <laughs> Correct. Then there was the, the whole dynamic
1: of sabermetrics versus the old school guys.
2: Oh, did you see Rosenthal about that?
1: Yeah. Rosenthal compared them to the tea partiers. Compared sabermeticians to the tea partiers. Wow. Like, Really. Really. And the, the, the one guy, I, I can't remember who it was, but he, his response to that was, uh, he's a sabermetrician. I think he runs a, a website for advanced metrics. And his response to that was, you should know, we argue within this community all the time. Okay? So to to, to say that uh, we all have the same opinion is the same as saying all oh, you old school guys have the same opinion. It's stupid.
2: What What, what struck me here was how sanctimonious they were. In the days and weeks leading up to the vote, and then how defensive they got, right, when they got what they wanted, and they made an example, and their oh. quest to to prove a point, absolutely, and then and and how defen like they could not handle an ounce of criticism,
1: no, like how dare you? Uh, here's why I voted this way, and have at me, and then the minute you criticize them right. or call out their hypocrisy, right. Whatever. You're a bunch of tea partiers. I mean, I uh, one way I want to frame this, Bri, because uh, I think that we could go into a really good, solid, fun debate about what the Hall of Fame is supposed to be and what it means to – I've been to Cooperstown. I've been to Cooperstown three or four times. I love Cooperstown. I can't wait to take my son there someday.
2: can't I wait. wait. I was already planning on going in July. Yeah, for Piazza. I, we said it five years ago. Yep. So, I, I I love what the Hall of Fame is
1: supposed to mean, but one of the best things that I saw, and there's been some great writing about this that I've, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed, I know I've passed some of it on to you, we talked about it a little bit, but we haven't talked about it in depth, was... Look, you, you know, you, the one article pointing out about, like, you, there's there's two things here. One is the writer's all of a sudden having a moral code about PED use. Now, this is to the, P, or to the Bonds. So we've done the Piazza thing. It's ridiculous. He's being lumped in with guys that were known steroid users, and he shouldn't be. And he should have gone in, and it's ridiculous. That's it. That's the only word I can possibly choose is PED. Ridiculous. The greatest offensive uh, catcher of all time, who caught, you know, during those nine years where he put up the ridiculous numbers, caught, you know, 130, 140 games a year. Okay? And I was a catcher. I, I you know, not that I know what it's like to catch on a major league level. It's tough. Paul LaDuca, you know, said it about seven times. Any of these guys, go strap on the gear for nine innings and put up those numbers. You don't do it. And do it in two pitches ballparks. Do it in Dodger Stadium and Shea Stadium. And hit forty home runs there. And hit 352. So whatever. With Piazza. It's just it's ridiculous. And and you know what? I do need to say this too, Bri. Jeff Bagwell into the bargain. He's
2: he's he's the same he's in the same, same boat as Piazza. Same,
1: exactly. I had no idea how good Jeff Bagwell's numbers are. No idea. His his numbers merit first ballot Hall of Fame consideration. He's got like 460 home runs. Mm-hmm. He was on winning teams. Mm-hmm. He's got you know
2: 1400 RBI. He's got ridiculous numbers. His WAR is high. And when you think when when you think back to the era, and you were playing the Astros, you did not want to see Jeff Bagwell up in a big it's spot. That's it. You know, and that's and that's part of it. You know, that's part in of what ten you think years. Of, he's a top three first baseman in the game. When you think of a Hall of Famer, you curious. Do you want to see this guy? In a a key point in the game, a hitter, a pitcher, whatever it is.
1: You know, there's, there's there's a phrase that's come into the parlance in sports a lot over the last, I don't know, two, three years. And I sort of like it. I don't know how you feel about it. It's the eye test. You know, does he pass the eye test? I watched Mike Piazza play for five years. Prime years. Does he pass the eye test as the best hitting catcher I've ever seen? He sure does. I've watched a lot of baseball. You know, does Jeff Bagwell pass the eye test? Yeah. Yeah, feared hitter. Feared hitter. You know, is he better than Jim Rice? You know, or, I, I mean,
2: whatever. you Hard to compare ear, you know, when you're... Yeah, pair
1: ears and stuff like that. But he's, I, I just wanted to get that in because my father-in-law is a huge Astros fan. <laughs> And also pointed out to me how great his numbers are. So, and Biggio almost got in as a first-time Hall of Famer. Biggio. First time on the ballot, our buddy, Greg Biggio. You know how we feel about Biggio. I know. The the man who made me a catcher at Smithtown Baseball Camp in 1985. Um, 84, 85. Um, Craig Biggio from our own native Long Island from Kings Park. Mm -hmm. Love Biggio. Biggio gets the most ballots. He's probably the least deserving of being a first-time Hall of Famer. Right. By far and away. But he didn't hit home runs, Bri, so we can vote for him. Because, you know, just because he didn't hit home runs, there's no way he possibly used steroids, right? No way. Or uppers or, you know, or or amphetamines, right? There's no way he used performance-enhancing drugs. He didn't hit home runs. I mean, so look, parse that out.
2: Well, here's here's the last thing on that. My take on this, yeah, is I don't I don't know how many voters there are. Do, do you know approximately how many? I don't know what it is. We can punch that up for you. Whatever it is, all all of the voters for the Hall of Fame, you get a vote. You fill out a ballot. You have been given that responsibility to determine who is good enough to make it into the Hall of Fame. Okay? You've all been given that responsibility. You want to vote however you want to vote, for whatever reason you want. Nothing has really been established as far as, should we let steroid users in? Should we not? Should we penalize them? Should we ignore it? Do we put them in a separate wing? I've heard that. Nothing has been established. So right now it's just the voters are responsible for voting these guys in. However you want to do it, it's fine. I respect your opinion. But don't parade yourself around before it to make yourself the story. And like you're doing something so great, like you're doing this huge service to the world of baseball and to society because this is what you're going to do. Don't do that,
1: right? Right.
2: And if, that. You're gonna, and if you're going to do it, Reveal your – everybody, reveal your votes. Make them all public. Let's see how everybody voted. Yeah. Okay? I don't need Ken Rosenthal standing on a soapbox for three weeks telling me that this is what he's going to do. And ho- you know, hopefully nobody gets in. Hopefully a message will be sent. Well, that's, that's if, you the know? next point. Yeah, if you that's want, the if, next thing to me. If, if this is what you believe in, if these are your convictions and you are given the responsibility of a vote and you want to vote that way – then fine, vote that way, and, and and keep it on. Don't make a spectacle of it. Right. There was no need. There was That's what it became, Steve. It became the spectacle of the writers being the judge and the jury and holding these guys accountable. That's what it became. Yeah. You know,
1: when no one, you know, very few of them held them accountable at the time.
2: No, very few I, I don't. I don't know of any.
1: There was a great article I read today that went back to 1998, 1999, when the McGuire-Andro stuff came out, when Andro was still legal, and about who wrote, you know, who wrote what, and who was saying it's this and that, and and when the story first broke about McGuire using steroids, there were up-teen reporters that wrote, "How dare you question this guy?" Yeah. So nobody said a word. They were all getting rich. They know it. Now all of a sudden? Now all of a sudden they have the, the moral high ground? See, that's, that's my problem. Your vote is – and by the way, there were a total of 569 ballots cast this year. Oh, okay. You, you, that's one of my problems is your vote is not some sort of – you don't get to decide the moral decency of the Hall of Fame. That's not why you have a vote. Okay, because if that's the case, and I read that other great article today, I think it was uh, by Ratty. Uh, what's that guy's name? Bill Ratty, is it? Uh, it was fantastic because his whole point was, and I totally agree with this, Bri, is that... Hi, the, then All right, you writers are doing this now. You're, making, you're taking a stand on the steroid era. You're making a statement about the steroid era that you're not going to tolerate this. Well, you better dig through the 75-year history of the Hall of Fame and take out all the bigots... All the racists. Take out all the owners that allowed segregation to go on until 1947. Okay? You better take out Ty Cobb. You better take out Babe Ruth. You better, ta- you better take them all out. Take them all out. Dig back through the history of every era, and you will see a problem. Take out Gaylord Perry.
2: Take, out- take them all out. All the guys that used amphetamines in the 70s. Take
1: them all out. Take them all out. Make them wait a year. You know, make Ty Cobb who killed a man and was a racist. And uh, it it wasn't a uh, term in parlance, uh, parlance, that's twice, put the nickel in. It wasn't a term at the time, but was a scumbag by all accounts. And he's in the inaugural class of this place. They couldn't wait to put him in. And while we're at it, should we take Bill Conlon out too? Out of the baseball writer's wing of the Hall of Fame? we take him uh, out too? Just
2: be careful there. Now you're... Oh, you're wait, wait,
1: on... wait. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, the reporters aren't held to standards as well?
2: You don't want to go there.
1: I saw this, Bri, and I, I wanted to get your take on it. It was from Matt Callan. It was a fan, Matthew Callen, fantastic writer for Amazing Avenue, um, who has a new podcast, by the way. It's called Replacement Players. It's really good. I listened to the first episode, Bri. Very, very good um and, and and he wrote a great article about how Piazza you know the Hall of Fame needs Mike Piazza more than Mike Piazza needs the Hall of Fame uh and and it was it was very interesting but here's what he threw out which I can't get around and I would like every one of these sports writers who felt they were making a statement to read it's a museum It's an historical museum, the Baseball Hall of Fame. It's supposed to reflect the good and the bad of every era of baseball. Your job is not to decide which era was a little too bad. So we're not comfortable with it. You don't get to make that call. That's not your responsibility. You are curators for a historical museum. And he he, he wrote this. I want to read this, Cal. Mm -hmm. For the hall to have any meaning whatsoever, it can't pass judgment on an era and its misdeeds. It must simply reflect it. The hall is not a fortress that needs defending from an army of scribes. It's a museum. And worthy museums don't leave out entire decades because they don't like them. Imagine a Civil War documentary without General Sherman erased from the record because Ken Burns thought, thought the March on Atlanta was really, quote-unquote, uncool. The Hall means something only insofar as it reflects the realities of the entire history of the game. I, uh, that's that that's it that's well, really, it all to me
2: yeah they've got it they've they've got it backwards
1: they they've got it absolutely backwards it's not their job to decide which history is good and which history is not, and it's such a power grab, right It's Always. such a power trip
2: it's and the, the obviousness of the power trip were the articles leading up to it exactly okay. why are you i I have never once in my life maybe it's happened, I don't remember, seen a writer write about his Hall of Fame ballot a month before the ballot was submitted. Yeah, And I,
1: I mean, we understand that there's special circumstances here. We could get into the whole debate about whether you think Bonds and Clements should be in or not. But their reasoning for keeping them out and then keeping out other players who were not indicted in this reeks of hypocrisy because, okay, you're going to make a statement and keep Bonds and Clemens out on their first time. That's their punishment for cheating. I don't agree with it, but, okay, that's the stand you're making.
2: And you know what? So why are you
1: keeping the best offensive player in the history of the game, uh, best offensive catcher in the history of the game out?
2: They achieved what they wanted to achieve.
1: That's great.
2: You sent your message.
1: Good job, everybody.
2: All right. Don't you break sent- your arm patting yourself on the back. You've sent your message. That's twice I used that too, Bob. That's okay. Terrible job. We need new t-shirts. We need new t-shirts.
1: <laughs> um Ready to unload with Cal and Pete. Don't break your arm patting yourself on the back. www.NewYorkSportsTalkNice.com
2: They sent their message. They made their stand. Whatever you want to call it. But the bottom line is, they made themselves the story. They made themselves look awful. Awful. Like, really bad. Like, hurt their credibility bad. I agree. And they're the ones. Now, the players are responsible for causing the steroid mess. Yeah, absolutely. This does not exonerate the players from doing the steroids. No, no, no. That's not the point. No, but my my point is the players are responsible for creating the steroid situation. The writers are responsible for this current black eye on the sport.
1: And for never reporting on it in the first place. You can't hold an entire generation of players morally accountable uh, for their actions or their misdeeds or quote-unquote cheating the game when you didn't report on it and you knew it was happening. And if you didn't know it was happening... You should have investigated it. And if you did know what was happening, you didn't have a problem with it at the time. Now all of a sudden you do?
2: I hate to use this expression, and I, mean, I know we hate going there. But it just it just reeks of the writer that never played the game well, with just incredible jealousy towards these guys there's and a, resentment.
1: There's a Max Mercy element. I mean, that's a great way to close this.
2: Yeah, and I, I I hate going there with that because sports, my, writers, uh, yeah. sports writers, I, res, I respect what they do. They do a job. Many of them do it well, and I don't want to paint the entire profession with such a broad stroke, but you just see the example happen time and time again, and this just feels, you know, you talk about the eye test or the smell test, This yeah. that's what this smells like. Yeah, it, it feels that way,
1: and it's the great line from The Natural. You know, where you just... Did you ever play the game, Max? No, I can't say that I have. But I make it a heck of a lot more fun to watch by making or breaking the likes of you. And, t- and today, whether you're a go-to or a hero, you're going to make me a great story. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Ugh. You guys ready to roll your eyes now? Yes.
0: So... Casual PJ who does not follow sports, this is well established by now, right? That I mean, really. Yes. What do I know about anything?
1: It's one of the reasons we like you so much. Right. Because if you if you were another one of us, it doesn't work.
0: Too Never much. owned a cleat, that's all I'll say. <laughs> a hockey <laughs> cleat? <laughs> but a surprising number of cups. Right. You Long had a foot. Story. <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: So what it came on. The
0: kid, it came on the radio. I heard it on the radio, right? The, the, they, they will. The, no, nobody got in. And you know what this guy said? I was cooking breakfast, and I said, "Yeah, good." Because <laughs> I don't know, right? It just it, to me it was because, like, I only know sports from like one or two headlines. Sure. To me, it's it was satisfying. At least at first. It was like, oh, good, those bums didn't get in. You know, I don't, I don't want to see uh, uh, a steroid wing, you know, added to the uh, to Cooperstown. You know, I've, I've been to Cooperstown. I actually had a great time at Cooperstown. <laughs>
1: Ed, are you going to go with the uh, I spent a weekend that lasted four months in Cooperstown? <laughs> <laughs> Oof, Cooperstown. I spent a what? weekend there that lasted two years.
0: I I would bet that people who knew me wouldn't expect me to go there or to enjoy it, and uh, it was great.
1: Were you camping?
0: We were returning from camping. How? Wh- why would you say that?
1: Because I, I went to Cooper. The first time I ever went to Cooperstown, we went up there and went camping, and we had a we had a great time. We went to the Hall of Fame three times in, in in three days, but we camped. You know, you don't stay in a hotel. You camp and you camp out by a cornfield and you make Field of Dreams jokes.
0: Right, well, we didn't go that far. That, we were not that hardcore, the Cachopa, but very,
1: uh, very specific.
0: Right. <laughs> but until I started hearing the Piazza argument, and I heard, I heard it from uh, one or two other people before I heard Cal's eloquence, um, that was my reaction. It was, well, good, fine, skip a year. Serves them right. So feel free to roll your eyes.
1: No, no, there's no rolling of the eyes because I, 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 if you didn't listen to what we just said, and hopefully you were listening, but if you, you know, if you didn't understand what was going on with the baseball writers, and you were just a casual fan, and you knew these guys did steroids, and you watched the Clemens trial, which was a, a joke and a complete waste of federal funds, right, and our tax dollars, you, you'd be like, well, good, eh, keep them out. Who cares? You know what you re- when you realize that I think maybe when you realize that this was a bunch of sort of sanctimonious sports writers taking a stand on something they ignored at the time,
2: yeah. it reeks a little bit. But you know what, Steve? PJ's, PJ brings up a, a very good point. We read all of those stories by the sports writers because we follow it so closely. How many casual fans actually read all of those stories?
1: Oh, no, you know, I mean, but how many, how many, page- how many casual, how many Pashmere sweaters? How many? How many Pashminas? What? Don't ruin Top Chef. What's the Sch- pandemic? What's the pandemic? <laughs> don't ruin Top Chef, please. I haven't watched yeah. it yet from last night. Show's magnificent. Um, and so is she. Um, and not my type, by the way. Oh, we got to get talk about this later. I don't have a type anymore. It's all gone. Wait, what? I don't have a type. I don't. What the I hell, don't go? buy
2: that for a second.
1: No, it's just it's willy nilly. It's all over the place. I see one girl. I'm like, oh, she's ridiculous and she's beautiful. And then people. I don't have a type. There's no there's no connecting tissue anymore to the to the women I find attractive.
2: I don't buy
1: it. I'm telling you. Anyway, um, no, the casual fan. But that's fine. How often does the casual fan even give a crap about the Hall of Fame?
2: Well, but the, well, here's the
1: thing.
0: If you if you wrote. Uh, a big picture type article, for let's say the Huffington Post. I would read that, and and I would be glad that I understood more about it. You right. know what I'm saying? Like what it is now is uh, the, the sports writers own the story, and then there are other people who are murmuring about what the other people don't know. The right. buzz. I'm the person who doesn't know. I well, think you should I write mean, an article
1: for the Huffington Post. <laughs> I, well, that's what happened with, you know, the bloggers, right, Brian? I mean, that's like the, the, the bloggers of the world. It was like bloggers of the world. I mean, they sent out the bat signal. I mean, the bloggers of the world united.
2: Right. The second week in a row. This week, it was the mess. It was the Hall right. This week, it was the The match. giant Reddit yeah. symbol in the
0: sky, right?
2: <laughs> 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 Can we get that made? That's, that's <laughs> I'm, I'm going to call t-shirt.
0: my guys in lighting right now.
2: Right. We need more <laughs> t-shirts.
1: We need it. We need a giant like button, you know, uh, with the Facebook thumbs up in this guy. Um, no, but I, I mean, I think it gained national attention because of just what you said, Peach. That you, you see it, and you're like, "Good, keep the bums out," etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. But then, when you dig a little deeper, as the baseball fan has here, and no, Cal, did you get the feeling though that our disgust? Um, and 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 really, just disappointment with the the way that everything went down was I don't want to say universal, but w- would you say it was
2: widespread? I felt like it was widespread. I did. Yeah, I think well, certainly within the Met community. Well, yeah, please, that's a hundred percent. We're a put upon tribe, know. Met fans. I would agree. I think it was widespread. I think it was too.
1: I think the players. I mean, everything I saw from the
2: players was disgust. The current players. Yeah. Not the former players.
1: Right. Well, the former like players don't
2: want to say anything. They can't well, say you, anything. Well, you've got, like, your Dennis Eckersley, who was happy about this. Yeah. Dennis. Your Marlon well, that, Anderson, who was happy about and it. That happens every year, though. Like, that
0: level of coverage happens every year. Here comes the Hall of Fame, and and who's grumpy about it? Right. But mm-hmm. there's still another level of there's a section of people who are calling out the, the sports writers, right? To say just what, what just what Steve just said, which I won't be able to paraphrase.
1: but, but for the long and you, you're right, Peach. Because for the longest time, the debate was simply an egghead one about who belonged in and who didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in terms of numbers, based on their numbers, based on their careers, it was oh Kirby Puckett's in. That's ridiculous. How could you not put Don Mattingly in? Like that's what the Hall of Fame was supposed to be
2: about. That's, just, the, that's what the debate's supposed to be about. Just as an aside. Has has anybody heard from Pete Rose in the last couple of days? <laughs> because this is the time of year where you always hear from the Pete Rose camp, right? And that was always the debate: how does the all-time hit leader not get in? And every year it was the same thing. Yeah, yeah, that's the that right. That's always the debate, right? No, but it's just
1: right. Pete Rose. Like I would love to go back to that. Can we both go back to the Pete I would, Rose? I would love camp? to.
2: Too. So you'd instead love to of, go back to that, too.
1: Right, instead of sports writers taking some sort of ridiculous moral stance where it doesn't belong.
2: Let me ask you a question, though, and we can move on from this, but I just, because this is, I, I'm questioning myself. I want to get your opinion on it. Sure. Had Mike Piazza not been eligible this year?
1: In the same year as?
2: let's Let's say the end result... You had all of your, your your sanctimonious articles leading up to it, and then you had nobody got enough votes to get in. But Mike Piazza was not part of the equation this year. He wasn't in it. Would you feel the same way? Yes. It's a quick yes. I, I would. Because, I,
1: like I said to you before, they're two separate things to me.
2: You would feel the same way? You would be as outraged as you are right now? That's, that's or, is, or are you taking it? Because I feel like I'm taking it a little more personal than I would. Oh, I no, I definitely am. That's I'll what I mean.
1: Put, put, I, I, can, I can maybe sum it up best this way, Brian. In that exact scenario that you just described, so it's it's uh, Bonds and Clemens first time on the ballot, and Piazza is next year, and this all goes on, and Piazza is not part of the equation, we'd still be talking about it. Would we I... on, on this show? Would we have done an hour? Or, you know, 45 minutes? Maybe not. I agree. But we still would have been talking about it because it's the first time it's happened since 1996. It's only the third time in the history. And we'd be having the debate about do these steroids guys belong in? And is it right for the baseball writers to take this stance that they have no moral ground or authority to take? Um, So we'd be having that conversation... It just so happens we have to add the Piazza layer
2: because the Piazza layer is ridiculous pants. And the other the other interesting thing that seems to have happened, from a personal standpoint, is I was always dead set against McGuire and Sosa and Bonds and Clint. Isn't that and amazing? They've turned I was, it around. I was always screw them. I hope they I hope they never get in because I hate them. I don't know if I was screwing. No, I said
1: screw
2: him. I maybe I don't think in a room
1: with me. Wandering around the house muttering like uh <laughs> the chin trying to live
2: in an insane plea. Screw him, screw Anytime anybody said Clemens, screw him. Clemen, I mean Clemens 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 and Bonds specifically.
1: Brian, we have to talk about we have to talk about our stocks and bonds. Screw him Anytime Bonds came up. Right. Chico's Bell Bonds, you're watching, you're watching, uh, what do you call Bad News Bears. Screw them. Just screaming, screw organic
0: them. Organic chemistry, covalent bonds.
1: <laughs> right. Screw them. You're helping, you're helping the girls with their homework. Screw them. Dad, well,
2: they're what? not, I mean, she's nine, so she's not really up to organic chemistry yet. Oh, I say it's time to get on the ball there, pal. Yeah, that's true. She's behind the curve. Let's go here. Enough with the sweet okay. life on deck. All right.
0: RTU um, tutorials starting in March.
2: But my my point is I I've, I've come like now I feel like they should be in. If yeah, makes, I I, agree. I never I never would have never thought that before. And
1: it actually clarified all of this. Their I'm going to go ahead and say it idiocy and their actions and their defense of them like their defense of their vote right has completely clarified the argument for me. Of why they should be in.
2: Yeah, it's crazy.
1: Again, what I read from from Matthew Callan, you know, I, 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 I was never able to really, you know, I want to thank him personally. Maybe we'll have him on the show sometime. But I was never really like uh, able to sort of clarify what the Hall of Fame should mean to the person who loves baseball. You Where know, people love baseball. Can we just get this right? Where people love baseball. Like no, but the, the baseball Hall of Fame is like no other Hall of Fame in professional sports. I mean, the football Hall of Fame is nice. It's not thrilling.
2: It's
1: Nice. I don't want to take my family. Put it Vin- to this way, Teresa has suggested we go to the Hall of Fame. Go to Cooperstown. She would like to do that. She would like to do that. Because it's folksy.
2: It is folksy. My, I've, I've taken the family. They love it.
1: Yeah, she's not. She's not dying to go to uh, Canton. Anytime soon.
2: Or she's, Springfield?
1: Or Springfield, Massachusetts. She's not she's not busting to to uh you know where is it Springfield, Missouri, Massachusetts? Sure.
2: Massachusetts.
1: It is Massachusetts. Whew. There's a Springfield in every town. There sure is. It could have been anywhere. Illinois. Yeah. Wasn't uh a, a Lincoln from there?
2: I think he might have been.
1: I think he was from Lincoln.
2: not that a bit ironic? I think it was Springfield, and then they renamed it Lincoln. Lincoln. Right? That was yeah. after him. I'm surprised they didn't name it Abraham. Rick Springfield was from Lincoln, <laughs> and they renamed it. Bruce Springsteen. He's from Jersey. He's from Jersey. <laughs> he's just from Jersey. <laughs> That's make no mistake about that.
1: This is a song. You ever have one of those days? You're walking around. And you're just picturing everybody with their pants off. I don't know what it is. Well, I'll tell you what it is. I figured it out the other day. It's America. <laughs> Bunch of people with their pants off. four. <laughs> uh, <two. gasps> uh. <laughs> All right. Are we good on the Hall of Fame? Yes. God, I wish
0: I had a keyboard right now. <laughs> and a then Right. And a sock. I would have done it. I would have come in behind you so fast. <laughs>
1: hey Clarence, you you ever you ever Hey Clarence,
2: you ever uh, You ever Hall of Fame
1: How Hall of Fame used to just be players when you were a kid.
2: I'll tell you what
1: all the Hall of Fame
0: is, Clarence, it's America. Oh, A couple of kids just playing ball. <laughs> we're gonna have to do an RTU cabaret night with instruments, <laughs> obviously.
1: Couple of kids playing ball.
0: They got heroes.
1: <laughs> you telling them the heroes ain't good? Back in sixty eight and '9, they were heroes.
2: And they're from Jersey, right here. <laughs> on the shore.
1: Uh Bruce, we're in Altoona.
0: Altoon <laughs> Al- <Tune> from Altoona. <laughs> Al- you took a private jet here, sir.
1: <laughs> Bruce, you uh, you burned more gas on your private jet on your way here <laughs> than.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, big man. This is a song called "Nobody Gets In." <laughs> <laughs> About the travesty of the 2013 baseball election.
0: What rounds with Piazza? Quick.
1: Raspberry <laughs> <At> Park.
0: Piazza rides for very Park. <laughs>
1: How you feeling tonight, Trenton?
0: <laughs>
1: uh, Bruce, we're in Sacramento. Uh... The caucus. <laughs> right. How come he never calls it Morristown. <laughs> How come he never calls out all like the little crappy towns in New Jersey? It's always Asbury Park.
2: <laughs> How you feeling, Patterson? <laughs> <laughs> no shout outs uh, for Camden. No.
1: No, never. Never shouts out for Camden. Ah, uh, the boss. Not a fan. Not a fan. Just never got it. Sorry. Just not um, my thing. I'm a Billy Joel guy. It's part of the contract. Wow. When you're born on Long Island, they give you a contract, they hand it over to you, that you will like Billy Joel, and you go with it. Yeah, I was,
0: e- I was equidistant in Staten Island. It was nice. We were allowed right. to like anybody we wanted, as long as we liked White Lion. <laughs>
1: That's right. You guys were forced to like extreme. You're right. That was, that was the why. rule
0: there. As long as you could represent that you, that you enjoyed a couple of hair, uh, hair bands, then you could like whoever you want besides.
1: Yeah, right. The, the troubadour <coughs> of choice there was Elton John. Elton John, we were looking for. Elton yeah, well,
0: that's true. Not, yeah. not Slaughter. A
1: <laughs> mm,
0: little weak on Slaughter.
2: Yeah. Oh, there's a lot Yo, of. You're going to
0: the walls to tonight. Do you hear who's there? Freaking it's Anthrax look. Reunion?
2: Sister <laughs> Shakedown?
1: Sister Shakedown's <laughs> point of slaughter. Slaughter. They're going to kill. Um. All right, let's move on winger. Let's move on to the uh, winger. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my brother took drum lessons with the uh, the drummer from Winger.
2: Who Kip Winger?
1: No, Kip Winger was the bass player and lead singer.
2: By the way, there is Bob no- Winger. Bob Winger. Kip Winger was a right winger on
1: the on the nineteen
2: eighty seven Detroit Red Wings. Were they like Han- they were like Hanson? Right? They were all just named Winger. That's right. They're,
1: there's the Ned, drummer- winger. <laughs> Ned Winger. Ned Winger. Ned Winger. Right. Frank Winger. <laughs> Winger. That's right. Everybody in the band. The drummer was named Rod Morgenstern Winger.
2: Oh, hyphenated? Right. I think the last name <laughs> like was Like Rhoda. Winger. I used to sell Rod
0: Morgenstern instructional videos. Yeah. Scott, uh my brother's a big
1: the, deal. He took drum lessons with him at the Long Island Drum Center. Wow. He took he took like a couple you know why you know who was our regular drum teacher Liberty DeVito. No, I wish. Oh, I love Liberty DeVito. Again, part of the contract. Well, you have to yeah. that that Long Island kid contract is signed with a handprint. Like you can't even write yet. They just take your hand, they dip it in ink, and they put it on the Billy Joel "We Will Love You" contract. Mm-hmm. And you get Liberty DeVito glasses. They put the big glasses, frame glasses on, on you. On the baby
2: them. when you come out. That's right. And the mullet. And you immediately get a mullet. Yeah.
0: But you know what Billy Joe never did? Billy Joe never sat around and talked to his band on stage. Yes, he did. Yes. Did he? Not any time yes. I saw him.
1: Billy Joe was the first big concert I ever saw on the Stormfront tour at Nassau Coliseum. I was sheltered. I lived a sheltered life. Because I was really right. like... You waited yeah.
0: all the way to Stormfront to see him. I had
1: no choice. I, there was no one to take me, Peach. No one to take me. Scott wouldn't take me. Scott wasn't going to see shows either. We didn't care for live music.
2: You think at you least? were sheltered. My first show wasn't until I was 17.
1: No, mine was 16.
2: I saw Sting at Jones Beach. Wow. On the you Soul Cages tour.
1: You don't recover easily from that one. Yeah. <laughs> you no. Don't, you don't rebound easily from that one. That can put you off live music for a
0: long time. It was, was that jazzy and tantric <laughs> enough for it you? you? It was a,
2: it was a hybrid of of what he eventually became. You're right. Soul sages. This is is not what I thought. pompous rock volume
0: four. (laughs) (laughs) Was it soulful and
1: tantric? Is that what you said?
0: It was soulful and tantric and it came with a reading list as you went in. (laughs) Syllabus.
1: (laughs) Why are they handing out novellas? Oh look, we have to
0: read the summoner's tale before he starts. Get out the Chaucer.
1: <laughs> oh, it was a great show, except for the reading list. He
2: <laughs> Why were we given black marble composition notebooks <laughs> on the way in? I I just don't know. I am not smart enough to like this stuff.
1: <laughs> am I supposed? Am I? Should I keep this? Okay, I'll, I'll we turn on this on. in. And it's just, <laughs> right.
0: He started one of those crowd sing-alongs, but then he started reciting Kubla Khan. No one knew what to do. <laughs> Come on, everyone! In Xanadu, a stately pleasure dome, did Kubla Khan decree? I don't. I don't know what to say.
1: This is cold "If I Build This Fortress."
2: <laughs> <laughs> is the same guy that does Roxanne. <laughs> So do born in the fifties, Snyder. I just want to send an SOS. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to have to explain it. Oh
0: boy. Oh boy. When the Renaissance <laughs> instruments come out, <laughs> is, that, is that a loot? <laughs> oh,
1: okay. All right. Okay. hours just hours of comedy. Billy Joel did in fact talk to his band a lot.
2: But it was oh, right.
1: so, it was so much less like we're solving the world's problems, big man. And <laughs> it was more like I quit smoking last week.
2: You know, the, you got this guy over here, he's high. <laughs> right.
1: Liberty bet me I couldn't quit smoking. I quit smoking. This is called she's got away. Oh, that's
2: cool. That's cool.
1: Yeah, he was he was like completely he was Billy Joel. He was just completely conversation. Okay, let's move to the NFL playoffs, please. Please. We have much to cover and little time to do so. Um. Oh, man. Tantric. Let's just name the show Tantric. <laughs> just ready to be Tantric with Cal and Let's just go there. Um. The NFL playoffs. A couple things, Brian.
2: Can I, can I start? Please. That's boring.
1: No, don't do.
2: See? No, I, I don't. All right. It it was, but I
1: I hope we get better games next week. They're
2: playoff games. They're games. Every, every game is not going to be a ridiculous blowout. All right. How about, how about this? I was disappointed. We'll accept that. Okay. I sat down for a weekend of, of NFL playoff action. Right. And I walked away less than satisfied. This
1: stems from the fact that I have a lot of trouble watching... I have a bitterness. When the season ends the way it did for my team, this goes for baseball too. I have a difficult time watching the first round of the playoffs. Like yes. this, week, this weekend, I'm in.
2: Well, you've got, you've got better teams playing this weekend.
1: It's not a matter of better teams. I was interested in some of the matchups last weekend. I'm just too bitter.
2: Well, we talked about it last week, and we both agreed that we really wanted to see the Redskins-Seahawks game. Right,
1: and that wound up being I think the best game, probably, or at least with the most intrigue
2: it turned out and we and we have to touch on the on the r g three thing well, time. yeah, that was the, that was to me, that's the story of the weekend, like okay, so let's just let's go right there,
1: right, the playoffs went chalk, actually, we uh by the way, went four for four
2: uh I had um
1: oh, you had Cincinnati, I had
2: Cincinnati yeah. yeah, no, no, I, no, I had Indianapolis winning
1: I by the way, went four for four.
2: Good for you. I went
1: two for four. Good on me.
2: So they didn't go they actually didn't go chalk because the Redskins lost.
1: Right because the Redskins lost, right. it was it was it was close to chalk though. Just
2: about I I think we
1: all agreed that Kraypaws. Was,
2: it was Kraypaws.
1: Wow. Remember
2: Kraypaws? Craypaws.
1: Holy cow. Of course I remember Kraypaws. I didn't think anybody else in the planet on the planet. Not in the planet so much. It's not, it's not Armageddon. Nobody's drilling to the center of the planet, thinking about It's Just colored
2: chalk. That's all. Can is.
1: you spell craypaws? No, it wasn't colored chalk. It was between chalk and a crayon.
2: C R A Y dash P A S. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's a, an early exposure to French. It's like you're a kid and you look at the P A S and you go pass. Okay. And they're like, no, 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 craypaw. And you're, like, and you're like, "This language is stupid. I, I refuse to stop I refuse to continue to learn this language. just refuse um, it, but yeah the the RG3 injury
2: is to me the story of the weekend and more and and a little more sanctimony around that story too, when you think about it. and you know what I don't even want to get into how it was covered no'm I'm just I'm just saying, yeah. there was a, a lot of shouldn't have done this." A lot yeah. of, see, that's why they kept Steven Strasburg out of the playoffs. Well, that's just stupid. Which was a silly stupid. comparison. Just stupid. You know, but look, if if Shanahan knew he was as hurt as he turned out to be, he was probably irresponsible keeping him in the game. Okay. If, if he knew how hurt he really was, I don't believe he knew how, I think he probably knew that he was injured. I don't think he knew the extent of how hurt he was. Right. Well, I, two, know, I, I, I can't I, kill him.
1: I have two questions for you, though. One, is Dr. James Andrews always on the sideline? Or was that specific to... I, I mean, I know he's, you know, the world-renowned Dr. James Andrews. Was that specific to this game because of RG3's prior injury? I don't know. Okay. And two, um, this is a common problem. In the NFL, that they're going to have to deal with a lot, and it happens. It happened this year with concussions, but it, you know, it happens as well where these guys want to play, and they don't always have their. Sometimes they need to be stopped. Right. Was this a scenario where the coach has to be the better, has to be the level head, and say, "Look, you're not at 100%. We're not going to risk permanent or serious damage." You need to sit down. I need to be your conscience here. He, he could have. I, I'm, like I said. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question, Brian. That's, that's just the, the question for me. Because, you know, Jake Cutler got killed.
2: Yeah, for taking himself out.
1: For taking himself out and not trying to play
2: hurt. Christian Ponder is starting to get some heat for taking himself out. Right, which is ridiculous. I mean, he couldn't play. I don't know. I, I, think, I think I agree with that, that the coach needs to be the grown-up in the room. When, yeah. ultimate, when ultimately deciding if the player is going to play. Especially with a
1: 22-year-old kid.
2: Because, and and I, I, I use the term grown-up in the room not because no, I, not I because mean, they're kids, but because their mentality is, most of them, is I'm going to play until I'm dead. Right. No matter what right. right? Um Right? I don't know. We don't know what Mike Shanahan knew about the injury at the time. We don't know that. Right. So it's hard for me to criticize him. Because we don't have all the information. Yeah. If he knew, if he knew that Robert Griffin ran the risk of, of tearing every ligament in his knee, right? Then he probably should have taken him out. I agree, but we don't know that, so I, I, I don't. I don't want to go back after the fact and kill him because if he was hurt going into the game and Shanahan didn't play him. Shanahan would have taken a ton of heat
1: Yeah, for no, not starting
2: him in the playoffs. I the agree. Player.
1: It's a really difficult situation. I just think about being a fan of that team and and being like a Redskins fan and stuff and, and having such a wonderful season. And, the, and the, the Colts did as well. And I know Elwood has called in, but I'm not sure if we're going to have time to get to Elwood uh, to talk about the Colts or whatever because we're going to be really quick on the NFL because we have a bunch of other stuff to, that we really want to talk about. But Elwood, we love you, and please call back next week. Um, two, one, two, three, four. <laughs> but uh, Elwood, and we'll Elwood, play Elwood, Elwood. we'll play your theme music. Um, but no, it, you know to be a fan of that team and to see that happen to you know you finally have a franchise quarterback. These guys are really difficult to come by. Uh, and and I don't I would have been I was trying to think of it myself like I would have been so torn like, am I gonna do I want them to take him out right now? And am I risking the next 10 years of enjoyment of my team right now? Or do
2: I really want to win this playoff game? I'm on magical ride with one of the hottest teams in football. Like, All right, here, here's here's a similar example. It's not the same thing, but it's in the same family. What did we say about Johan Santana when he was going for his no-hitter? At the time, yeah. we didn't, we didn't care... What happened after that point?
1: It's not perfect, though.
2: No, I know it's it's. I get the the analogy. I get the analogy. Just from from our world as a fan of the team, right? It's different because it's a playoff game.
1: Well, and it's also different because RG three is at the beginning of his career. Johan Santana is thirty three years old, in the middle of the uh, the end of his career, and. It's it's but I I get what you're saying like the fan mentality is like if he can play I will am I sacrificing uh, am I willing to sacrifice a playoff game this year for ten years of greatness you know um I, I, it's a tough question I just feel bad for the kid I really do because he's in a he's in a no win situation too you know he's in a no win situation. RG3, if he takes himself out of that game where he says he's not healthy enough to play, but he's walking, they're going to question his heart. And he goes back in the game. He Now he seriously injures his knee. And now, you, you know, his next season's in doubt. It's it's a tough situation. I, I just... Uh, I I, it was it was very interesting to me to to see Shanahan, who's a coach who's been around for a long time. It's not some rookie coach, not some guy in his third year as a head coach. My you know my Shanahan's been around for a really long time, and you just wonder what information he had,
2: and and you wonder what kind of pressure he had on him from Daniel Snyder being in the playoffs for the first time.
1: That's right. That's exactly right. So.
2: So, and, and of course, uh, Andrew Luck,
1: you know, very difficult game. Uh, we said it with Elwood last week. And Elwood, sorry, buddy, we just have so much to get to. I, I think he's, PJ Say's a little upset. Uh, but, buddy, we just we have so much to get to, we just want to finish up tonight. We're trying to tighten it up. But, please, we will talk about the Colts uh, and Andrew Luck. We will. I promise. Uh, and we knew that was going to be a tough game for them to go in and win Cal. I still... Uh, I thought they could... Yeah, I didn't, I didn't... It's just... You can't win in that building. It's the second hardest building to win in the league. They it kept, really is. I mean, they kept
2: it so close for the first half, though.
1: Yeah. So... No, they did. They definitely did. So going into this week, you have the two AFC teams, top seeds favored by nine plus points in their games, and then the NFC games are a toss-up. Yeah. I thought nine was a little fat on both those games. Can we think? I I mean, I know Houston's been, you know, not playing well, and they didn't exactly, you know, light the world on fire last week when they beat the, the Bengals at home.
2: Did you see what Arian Foster did this week?
1: Well, yeah, the Patriots gave him some bulletin board right off the bat, right? Dan,
2: Dan Shaughnessy up oh, in Shaughnessy. Boston wrote an article about how the, the Texans are the least deserving team. Right to be there. So what Arian Foster did was he took the blurb from the article and made it his Twitter avatar.
1: Yeah, I saw that, which I was great. That. That's fantastic. Well, that's and that, you know, Lombardi said this on uh, on the uh, Simmons podcast. They got a hope to do what the Jets did a couple of years ago. Um, you know, go in and, and shock the Patriots and have the Patriots take them lightly, because apparently the Patriots took the Jets lightly that day. Oh, okay. Yeah, cuz there's any way a 14 and 2 team at home in the playoffs in the divisional round is going to take the Jets lightly. The Patriots we're talking about. Uh but his analogy was uh worked because they just the Texans got pasted a couple weeks ago by the Patriots on Monday night as the Jets did that year. I oh man, these games are these games are goofy. I I think both the AFC games are closer than they're being given credit for. I really do.
2: I think they're closer, but I, I, I don't see any way either the Texans or the Ravens win this week. Really? No, I don't. Oh, man. You can tell me that you're going to go
1: all in on the Broncos that way?
2: This week. I'm surprised. No. This week.
1: I I think this is... I, all right. What about the NFC?
2: The NFC, I like Green Bay.
1: I love these games.
2: I like Green Bay. I have game. to
1: love these two games.
2: Oh, they're great games. Yeah. They're great games. I like Green Bay. Um, I think that, I mean, San Francisco was there last year, but yeah. Green Bay's been there a lot. And Aaron Rodgers knows what this is all about. And I, I, I like Green Bay in this game and their experience. And I really think Seattle... Might be on a little bit of a magic carpet ride right now. Yep. And until until Atlanta can do it,
1: look, you know my feelings on Atlanta.
2: I know, and and my feeling is I'm I'm not going to trust them until I see them do it. So if I'm if I'm casting a discerning eye towards them, yeah. During these playoffs, I apologize, but do it. You know, prove prove us wrong this time, Atlanta.
1: I think. You know, it so often comes down to now, you know, in the first round, you had a bunch of rookies. You had Russell Wilson and Andrew Luck and RG3. And, you know, you had uh, Matt Schaub making his first playoff start because the year before he was hurt and Yates started. Yeah. Now you have like the guys now. Now you have Manning and uh, uh, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and Joe Flacco, who's making like his ninth playoff start Right. I mean, you can't call Joe Flacco or Neil fight to the playoffs anymore. You can't. He's making, like, his seventh playoff start.
2: Yeah, in the AFC, you got that. But in the NFC, you've NFC got, you got kids. You've got Russell Wilson. You've got Colin Kaepernick making Colin his Kaepernick, first start. Colin Kaepernick, right. And you've got,
1: uh, you know, Matt Ryan, who has never done it in the playoffs. Matty Ice. And, and uh, Matt
2: Ryan has been terrible.
1: And then, of course, you have Aaron Rodgers. Boy, I don't know if I could love that San Francisco-Green Bay game anymore.
2: If Well, here's the thing. If... You, if Everybody talks about it being a quarterback league. Right. That's kind of what you look at then. You look at the quarterbacks. I want
1: to go to a coaching league though too. I think the 49ers have a distinct advantage uh, at the coaching. I really do. I, I really do.
2: I don't I don't think it's that distinct at all. Oh, I do. do. You think McCarthy is do you do you think that McCarthy is not a good coach or you think Harbaugh Harbaugh is just that great?
1: I don't think McCarthy's a very good coach. Yeah, I, think, I really don't.
2: I think he's an okay coach.
1: Nah.
2: I think he can hold his own against Harbaugh. I think Harbaugh sometimes outthinks himself.
1: Not a fan. I've seen McCarthy be outcoached in a big spot more than I've seen him outcoach someone by a lot. I mean, the way they came out and played that giant game last year in the playoffs is disgraceful. I mean, it's a, it's a joke.
2: That's a good point.
1: To not have that team ready to play is a joke. I mean, they were 15-1, and Bryce. I know. I don't, I don't trust McCarthy at all. Not a fan. I and, don't have any of his early albums.
2: And don't you think Pete Carroll's going to get his comeuppance at some point? I hope so. I'm not a Pete fan. No, but if you hope so, then you are rooting for Atlanta.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I can do that.
2: That's a t- tough spot. Sophie's Choice.
1: I think I think I just like I, I, I there's a number of reasons I like Seattle in that game but, but the biggest is I think that defense can play on the turf with Atlanta and I think if you take certain things that Atlanta does away or, or uh, take away from Atlanta certain things they do well early uh get you know Matt Ryan out of rhythm um you know by by being real physical with the wide receivers and stuff and make him make him hurry uh, I think he, I think you stand a very good chance of getting out in front in that game. Uh, they're, 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 those are two really good, but I, I I'm sorry I think the Baltimore Denver game is a good game. Oh no 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 I agree I think that they're going to be good games. I just I watched I watched a lot of Denver in late games this year and I I don't I'm not I don't I, I just I just don't buy it. I don't know. I just don't buy it. Extremely weak division. You know, they, they I just I don't know.
2: Well. No.
1: I don't know what I don't buy about it. Maybe it's my, my hatred of Peyton Manning. I don't know. Could be. Could be. But uh it's, it's gonna a be a wonderful game. it's gonna be a wonderful weekend of football. Now, moving on. You good well let's make our picks. Let's make our picks. Hello. Let's make our picks. I'm here. You want me to go first? You went first last week. Why don't you go first? All right, very good. Uh Patriots, Texans, I'm taking <clears> this <throat> is the Patriots. But I th- I think it's going to be a very close game. All
2: right.
1: Ravens, Broncos, I'm taking the Ravens. Wow. Shaka. I think this I think they I think this is the year. Uh Seattle, uh Atlanta, I think you know where I'm going here. It's Seattle and then of course uh green bay san francisco the 49ers
2: wow there you go there you have it we um we are on opposite ends everywhere you look yes not the patriots they're going to win okay but uh i wait
1: like cuz like, you know they haven't done any of that good for them those
2: long-suffering yeah. the patriots
1: it's been a fans. T- it's been a hard it's been a hard road um
2: broncos Okay. Over the Ravens. Yes, sir. Atlanta over Seattle. Yes, sir. And uh Green Bay over San Francisco.
1: Beautiful. So we 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 do not see eye to eye.
2: No. Alright. No Let's problem. see what happens.
1: Let's we're gonna. We're
2: well, gonna. I don't think we can stop it. Fine.
1: Fine. And it was there. We decided to end part one of episode number 124. So check that out. Part two of episode 124 will be available on Sunday. That has the Knicks and the Islanders and the Jets and the Fun Mode. So check it out. Uh, Until then, thanks everybody. Good night.